Okay, so a couple of years down the road, you are um, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> How so? Um, you're doing stand up uh, okay. in L.A. It's going well, you know. Um, you recently went on tour with uh, Chris Rock. Oh wow, the Chris Rock. Yeah, and it was uh, the name of the tour was called Rock meets brooks oh. but uh it's you know it was it was a great tour like i mean that, gotta, that implies i have a very big role in the in the whole show yeah you guys split the time what 50 50 yeah so oh, uh you no, guys split no. the, the money and the time the money play. and the time yeah and so you so guys I, I go like I go on tour with one of the five greatest stand-ups ever. Yeah, Chris and Rock. we we split the time and the money. He Why? thinks you're funny. Nope. He just thinks you're a funny guy. He thinks he thinks you're worth it. That's okay. Chris Rock believes in you more than anyone ever has. Man, that's saying something. Yeah, My that's not to say there. that. Other, that's what I'm saying. Like that's not to say that other people didn't. Yeah. That, that, that that's how high a level of his respect for you and your comedy is man uh crowds are a little weirded out because sometimes like you guys switch who goes first and who goes no last. no we don't no we don't pat we're not gonna he do that. insists I'm, on it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna follow chris rock who's only doing an hour probably like a blistering 60 minutes of chris rock i'm not gonna fucking follow that you do uh and so like <clears throat> how's it going um, man, by the end of the tour, it goes pretty well. But at those first, you know, 10 stops were a, a, ten bit stops? Of a nightmare. Yeah. 10 stops were a quote unquote nightmare. But the money's good, dude. Like they all sell out. It's just, you know, they're a little weirded out by the arrangement. So ten anyway, stops. So the first 10 stops of this. How, how many stops are on this tour? Um, 30. It's like a long tour dude so one third of this tour is a nightmare for me yeah like you can't go back to albany dude albany you you can never go back to albany oh man well but you know the rest of the tour goes well so you have that going on and uh you know you you did pretty well monetarily okay i imagine Uh, yeah so you 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 have some you know you take some time off and uh, one day you were like, um, you put on, uh, you wake up, you put on like Spotify, listen to some tunes, you know, yeah. you wanted to groove to some tunes. Okay. And so you, uh, you know, you open up the Spotify or whatever, and it just started playing the Beatles. And you were like, huh, what's your big, uh, what's your stance on the Beatles there, Aaron? I don't know. I, uh, I mean, like, they're fine. You know, I, I was never like goofball over the Beatles, you know? Yeah. When you, uh, you remember like when you were in, uh, in high school, uh, you, uh, took a girl, uh, Patty Winterburst to go to see, uh, this band play. Yeah. Uh, they were called, uh, four doors down. <laughs> it's a complete coincidence. Okay. This is a long time ago. Okay. And um, you went to go watch some play, and uh, they closed uh, with a Beatles song. Uh, they played I Saw Her Standing There. And okay. 
uh, Patty just like fell in love with like the singer of that band and just like totally stood you up for the rest of the date and eventually married uh, married that uh, that singer. Uh, four doors down. Yeah, Crosby Dash. <laughs> Crosby Dash. What what did he was was he like a full time musician or do you have a day job? Uh, no, he had a day job. Uh, he um, bet on the horses. That's not like a day job, Pat. Like, it is for him, dude. He's pretty fucking good at it. Okay, so he's a gambler. He's a professional gambler, part-time yeah. singer of a band. Four doors down. Four doors down. What is he doing now? Uh, oh, uh, this current time? Oh, uh, he's he's long dead. What? So yeah, it's it's a, it doesn't really matter. And what happened, so, to, what um, happened to Patty? She's still alive. I mean, Damn. she they had about they had about ten years of uh, well, more than that at this point. They had a really uh, like twenty years almost of of just total marital bliss. Was on uh, an incident? Was there any um, any interesting circumstances surrounding his demise? Yeah, um, you know how like sometimes you'll see. Um, uh, like a guy uh, with like a a rope and there's like a, a, a fucking uh, piano attached to it. And that's how they get it like down from like a tall apartment building. Yeah. Well, they, they were doing that at the Empire State Building. There was a <laughs> uh, there was a piano they just had to get rid of. Yeah. So um, they ended up, uh, you know, wrapping it up or whatever with the rope and putting it down. Uh, and a uh, like a. Mighty Falcon was flying. Yeah. And uh, this guy in the ground saw it. It was like, check this out. And he got a uh, paper airplane, like threw it up to try to hit the, the Mighty the mighty Falcon. Yeah. And it ended up, uh, he threw it so hard <laughs> that not only did it get to pretty much the top of the Empire State Building, it went Man. right through that fucking rope, dude. Oh, okay. So he threw he threw a paper airplane from the street level to the top of the Empire State Building so hard that it snapped a rope. That's what yeah, happened. Yeah, well, it was a pretty taut rope. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you're telling that that's the sequence of events. It was the most taut rope that there's <laughs> ever fucking been, dude. It sounds like, very like, taut. When they were holding it, they were like, "This feels pretty taut." Like they they like later on after they're like you know. Obviously, there's lawsuits and stuff and stuff like that. And so, but they swear under oath in front of the eyes of God and country that it was the most taut rope they've ever handled in their fucking lives. They say yeah. fucking lives in the court. Oh, shit. No one seems to, no one seems to care. Okay. So anyway, so uh, the piano um, fell down uh, and uh, landed on them. Oh, they, yeah. Like they were uh, out for a stroll. You know what I mean? Oh, the, the uh, she was with him when it happened. Oh, Yeah. And uh, so the the piano like fell on top of him, and uh, for a second, Patty just like stared down. Yeah. And then you just you see him like his head like slowly rise out of the wreckage, and he goes, <sighs> "I think I'm gonna be okay." And then someone had accidentally like uh, dropped a, a penny off the top of the Empire State <laughs> Building, yeah. and it goes down at such a velocity, it just goes straight through his fucking head and just instantly kills him. Oh man. Yeah. Jesus, what a grim. Yeah. She manages uh, a laser tag. What's it called? Um, it's called laser remover. 
laser remover. Yeah, um, a lot of times people think it's like a a thing that gets rid of like body hair or whatever. Yeah. And so like there's like what ends up happening is a lot of people sh- show up thinking, oh, I'm gonna get this hair taken care of, but they stay f- like it's a very unintended side uh, side uh, effect. They actually end up staying and like shooting you know the lasers around and stuff like oh this is kind of interesting so they oh, actually so have like the they have the single-handedly the most hairy clientele of yeah. any laser tag place that has ever been it's like there are guys hairy. notably dude like there they are guys who like their shirts are like several inches in front of them because there's just so much hair on their body yeah like putting hair yeah. on, like putting a jacket on a dog yeah basically you know uh so after a while they they just like they kind of lean into it and they like it so basically it's like Hey, if you're Harry, we want you. Come on down to laser removal. I hope they got lids at the cafe, you know? <laughs> a buddy. They better. Yeah. yeah, they have like, it's, they're well aware of the challenges of dealing with uh, the Harry community. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, I mean, look, this is our bread and butter. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to learn. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, they, they figure it out, you know? Good for her. Good for uh, Peggy. E- everything is uh, Patty. Patty, Every, everything is, uh, you know, cool. It is uh, sanitary, most importantly. Okay. So she sounds like she's doing okay in spite of everything. Yeah. And basically what happens is every time you hear a Beatles song, yeah, you're like, it's fine, I guess. It just brings back those memories. Yeah. And every time she hears one, it's weird because it's half like nostalgia and remembrance of the good times past. Yeah. And part just absolute anguish. Yeah. Anger. I, yeah, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Couldn't imagine. So that's why you've kind of been lukewarm on uh, the Beatles for most of your life. Okay. So anyway, so um, you're listening. It's that song, uh, Two of Us. Two of us. You know that song? Yeah, I didn't sing it correctly, but that's yeah. So um, you listen to it and you're like, I like this. And you start this starts your like slow obsession with all things Beatlemania. Oh, man. I I don't like that. Like you get really into it. You you find out that at all. You find out all their birthdays uh, and and, like put them on your calendar. You find out all their ex-wives birthdays, too. And you. Celebrate them as well. <clears throat> this sucks real bad. So you end up starting a, a group. Yeah, fucking bet. You like uh, hold auditions and, and stuff like that. Uh, and you, you start a band. Do I start a gr- So when you say start a group, you mean like a music group? Not like a yeah, group it's, it's, of it's, like fans of the Beatles. No, you you basically start a a band. You start like a Beatles cover band. Oh no, what are we called? It's called, <laughs> it's called um, and the beat goes on. Oh. A tribute to the Beatles. You had to add that second part because like no one knew what that meant. Because like there's that song and the beat goes on, but the Beatles never did that one, so you had to add that last part. Otherwise, people were a little confused. So you start uh, uh, playing in this band, uh, and you're you're like the singer and stuff. You know, I can't tell you how much I dislike this. <laughs> Why? Just 
I mean, you know, you have a musical past. Yeah. Okay. And you're kind of like leaning into it, dude. Okay. And the beat goes um, on. A tribute to the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, so you get you get booked um, to play actually all around town. Like you guys are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have some in- interesting instrumentation. Uh, it's you on vocals. Um, there's a guy with an acoustic guitar. His name is Bubbles because uh, bubbles come out of the, the the hole in the guitar when he plays. <laughs> they don't get popped immediately by the strings? No. They're very strong bubbles. Some of them take hours to pop. <laughs> so um, that, there's that guy. He's playing the acoustic guitar. There's Instead of the bass guitar, there's a, there's a guy playing a, a cello guitar. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you just call him uh, Beeper. All right. He's got like 30 beepers, dude. Why? I don't know. You don't feel comfortable asking him. He's very quiet. Do they ever go off? You Not that you've ever seen. Do I know if they're functional? I mean, no. They could be purely ornamental. They could be. Or maybe he's waiting on something important. I mean, who, who knows? You don't really know. Beeper does, is sort of, again, he kind of keeps to himself. Does he like wear um, them? Does he like wear them around his waist? Like, how does he carry yeah, them? Yeah, they're all, they're on his belt. He, so he just has a belt of beepers. Yeah. Okay. And he plays, um, gu- he plays guitar. The cello guitar. So, um, and then there's, uh, there's a guy who he just like sits there and reads. You don't really know what his deal is, um, but he seems like he. It's a package deal if you want the band. He's in it. Um, why? Dex. Why is it? Why is this so fucking weird? Why is it? Why can't? Th- <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> why do we have to have a guy on stage just reading? Why don't we have normal instruments? Because <laughs> you guys are pushing the envelope, dude. It's L.A., man. You got to push the envelope and we're going to give a quarter or a fifth, however many people we're going to, we're going to pay out this guy just sitting on stage reading a goddamn book. Yeah. And there's, and there's a drummer. So, uh, it's you, the guitarist, the celloist, the reader and the drummer. So, uh, you guys start, uh, you know, at first kind of due to the novelty of how strange the band is, you get like booked on stuff. But after a while, people are like, dude, they're fucking nailing those harmonies, man. Those songs are hard to sing, and you guys are killing it. And the it's, reader is just reading the whole time. Yeah. What, what's, it, what's he reading? Um, changes from night to night. Tonight he's reading uh, Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt okay. Vonnegut. So you guys are planning stuff, and you get booked. Uh, it's kind of like a weird gig and like your manager like to- uh, told you like look this is going to be kind of weird but the money's good i think you should do this gig we have a manager now oh yeah and the beat goes on a tribute to the beatles is so like we have a manager yeah what, what it helps because you know you guys are you know busy people you can't it's hard to it's hard to be the business and the creative you know what i mean so yeah you have, you have someone who does that her name is uh, Shirley Rink. So Shirley Rink uh, is your manager, and she's like, "Look, it's a weird gig, but it's it's Red Lobster, but you got to do it. Like they're, there. they're 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 paying good money, and okay. you also get um a, a free meal. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how much are they got, paying us? Um, they're paying you uh, six thousand dollars. What? Look, we gotta have a talk about the reading guy. <laughs> I would tell the band that six grand. They go six uh, grand, and they promise they're like, okay, yeah, it's it's a little odd. They're, they're like, yeah, we'll talk after the gig, and you're like, all right, so. You that's go to the Red Lobster. That's like an extra 500 bucks for everybody. He's not doing anything. He's not in the band. He's reading on stage. <laughs> it makes me so mad. <laughs> but like, he's an integral part of the group. The other guys are like, look, we can't write songs if he's not around reading. It's just a thing. It's like a security blanket, but it's a, a guy reading. Dex, Texas is his name. I, it sounds like I don't have a fucking choice. Best reader this side of the I don't give a fuck about Dex. I don't get he's leeching. I mean, like, come on, man. <laughs> so you're in the uh the Red Lobster. Um you start things off uh with yeah. um it's an unconventional choice to kick off the show, but you are like, let's just do it. You guys play Hey Jude, one of their biggest hits. You play it first. And you can tell that people are oh, I thought I thought you were talking about what we were to lead off our meal with. I thought you were oh, no. Like, <laughs> no, you know exactly what you are getting for your meal, dude. Okay. The ultimate shrimp experience. Yeah. Platter. Okay. Fried shrimp. Whoa. Buttered shrimp. Okay. Breaded shrimp. Okay. Sounds similar to fried. Barbecued shrimp. (laughs) Okay. Garlic shrimp. Okay. And shrimp du jour. Just a bowl of shrimp. So you are looking forward, like, even though you enjoy playing with these guys, you're kind of looking forward to the gig being done because you just want to fucking eat. Man, I love shrimp. It's my favorite meat. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you kick things off with Hey Jude, and it is, man, you know, you guys knock it out of the park. And basically what happens is um, people are going nuts, you know. But yeah. you notice off to the side in this, like, booth kind of by themselves are, like, these two guys who are looking at you. They're wearing, yeah. like, dark suits. And you're kind of like, huh? And they're wearing like dark suits, like dark ties, you know? Yeah, yeah. Almost like a like, like a relic from the twenties, almost, you know? Okay. The gig ends. Uh, crowd goes crazy. Um, you guys go to the back to sit down. You order the ultimate shrimp experience platter, and uh, the waitress is like, "Huh, I knew that's what you're we gonna get." Ouch! What does that say? She goes, "See nothing." She goes, "You go." What do you mean by that? And she goes, "You strike me as a shrimp man." And she leans forward and goes, "And I'm a shrimp woman." Oh God! And for a second, you look at her, and she is the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And then she like leaves to go get your order and stuff. All right. So um, you're sitting there eating, and um, you kind of like look to the left, and. Um, you see like those two guys in uh, their dark suits sitting in their private booth. Red Lobster see, is a private booth? Yeah. 
And uh, you see like the manager talking to him and he kind of looks over in your direction and he kind of like makes it like he's like, oh, and you hear him just say kind of like, oh, OK. And he walks over to you and he goes, um, Mr. Brooks, uh, I'm the manager of this Red Lobster on behalf of uh, uh, Red Lobster and the Darden Family Restaurant Group. Uh, we would like to uh, thank you for playing for playing our restaurant and rocking the place with the joy that you call your music. Uh, also, uh, those two men over there would like a, would like a word with you. They said, uh, "Bring your food over." Oh man! Because yeah, it's uh, Ben and Rob. They come here all the time. Uh, am I am I not like eating with a band? Um, no, you guys are like sitting there, but you know how it is. It's like people are like on their phones or, or like just not paying attention. Like, it's not like you guys are, like, hanging out, really. You're just kind of eating. Yeah, one of the but, people, one of them didn't even eat anything. But, like, if somebody's like, hey, come talk to us, like, I would feel bad about not bringing the band. You know? He's like, yeah, they were they were very specific, just you. I would look at the other guys in the band and go, I don't know what this is about, and I would go over there. Okay. And, and then uh, they're like, all right, we'll catch up with you after, Aaron. Great, uh, great great set tonight it was we really rocked it yeah hell yeah you walk over to those guys you're humming to yourself uh, you guys uh your your big closer is uh that birthday song they do it's your birthday but it's my birthday too yeah you love that song you don't care how terrible it is <laughs> so you walk over and you're kind of like humming that song to yourself that's our closer like, the birthday song they say it's your birthday yeah yeah uh and so uh you uh walk over and you kind of like pull up a chair and sit down put your food down and uh there's like these two guys like i said in these very dark expensive looking suits and they go uh aaron hi we are um thanks for coming over we really enjoyed uh enjoyed the music uh, I'm, you know, even though I'm, I'm more of a Frank Sinatra guy myself, then the other guy goes, yeah, old blue eyes. What do you what do you think of Frank Sinatra, Aaron? So, yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, we uh, represent uh, a little group. Call us uh, consiglieres. They go, we work for the. Red Lobster Mobsters. My name is uh, Ben Bobster. This is Rob Bobster. And uh, we're, we work for the Red Lobster Mobsters. Ben and Rob Bobster? So he could be Bob Bobster. Ben and Rob Bobster of the Lobster Mobsters. They represent the Red Lobster Mobsters. And like you kind of like uh, look at them and, and like you kind of like squint and like for a second, it's almost as if like they struggle to maintain their like human form just for a second. What the fuck does that even mean, Pat? It's hard to explain. And so um, they go, look, um, listen, we need your help. They go, uh, the Red Lobster Mobsters are in a uh, little bit of a, uh, a bind. They're uh, in, a, in a disagreement with... Uh, with somebody and um 
boy, this somebody is really making things uh, tough for him. We need, we need to take care of this, and we need your help, Aaron. What do you need from me? Uh, they go on uh, to tell you that they will take you uh, to. Uh, they opened a a ladybird lake in uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> modeled on the lake that's actually a river that we have here in Austin. Yeah. And so they go on to tell you that um, they're like, look, I know it sounds absurd, but Atlantis is actually in the, La- the Ladybird Lake. The one in LA. Yeah. They go, mm. basically, what we need you to do is go down there and uh, just, um, let's say, uh, drop off a little package, capiche? No. One of the, one of them lightly touches your face and slaps no, it. Stop Not hard, me. but like just how they like you know they do in the movies. I'm getting go, out of there. I don't they feel go, They go, we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars, Aaron. And one of them looks at you and goes, It's a pretty generous offer. And someone tells me you don't want to cross the red lobster mobsters. And again, for just a second, it's like you're looking at like to like lobster people for just a second, but they go back to normal. No. What do you do? I'm not helping them. I'm not helping them. I would, I would take my food back to the table. (laughs) Why not? Because Pat, I'm not going to help two lobster men. They want me to dive to Atlantis and deliver a, a package like yeah um, they go they, they look at you and they go a package capiche there's there's a lot of insinuation here and i don't i'm not a good swimmer like i couldn't there's ben a lot goes, of, it's a situation that we're in here i don't i want no part of this i'm gonna take my food i'm gonna take the extra cheddar bay biscuits and i'm going home I'm getting out of there, and I'm telling the guys in the band, like, "Hey, I'm those dudes weirded me out. Uh, I, I think I'm just gonna take this to go." Okay, so uh, they all go. All right, Aaron. Uh, you know, see you later. You guys don't have another gig planned for like a few weeks at this point. Um, okay, kind of like you're gonna take a little bit of a hi- uh, not a hiatus, but you're just gonna take a break because you guys have been like burning the candle at both ends. You know what I mean? Gigging hard. Yeah, dude. So um, you uh, you go home. Um, to your apartment you walk in and uh close the door and you're like boy i'm pooped what a crazy day and you decide you're just gonna fucking call it or you know an early night so you go into the bathroom to uh yeah. to brush your teeth and mm-hmm. uh when you walk in and turn the light it's the damnedest thing the bathtub is filled completely with water <laughs> why um because standing in the tub what the is, fuck a man. What the fuck? He is like eight feet tall. He has like a dark Mediterranean features. Yeah. He's holding like a uh, trident. Yeah. Around his neck, uh, he's got like a loofah. <laughs> a loofah? <laughs> yeah. He goes, hello, Aaron. It is I, Poseidon of the sea. I'm terrified. uh, I'm terrified, Pat. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's an eight foot tall man standing in a full my full bathtub. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm terrified. So what do you do? I probably scream and run out. You scream uh, and uh, run out. And uh, as you turn to run, he goes, Aaron, wait, I mean you no harm. I'm here to thank you. What do you do? I stop. And I go, what are you doing here? Why are you, why are you in my bathtub right now? He go, he basically, he goes on to explain that uh, he was in a bit of a, uh, a bind. Uh, he was the guy who was going against the Red Lobster mobsters. Yeah. Uh, uh, ben and Rob Bobster. Yeah. Well, well, they're just uh, consigliaries. There's a whole. Oh, okay. The Red Lobster mobster is like the whole thing. Um, <clears throat> and, he, and he goes, Aaron, thank you for not taking up arms against me. He goes, as a reward, I will give you one wish. What do you do? I wish for, I say, give me 75% of the best life I could have. Just give me 75%. I don't want the whole thing. Just give me 75%. I want to be just dumb and happy and coast until the end. And I want it to be painless. I just want to live 75%. Just give me that. Sure. And he goes, um, he looks at you and he goes, Aaron, you are as humble as you are handsome. And I thank you. Oh, no. And he kind of like does this thing where he kind of like, like suddenly as he's wearing sunglasses and he kind of like puts them down on the bridge of his nose and kind of like looks at you. You know what I mean? Over, over his glasses. Okay. Yeah, that, that bit. Yeah, the cool guy the thing. Just, yeah, the glasses disappear. And he goes, your wish shall be granted. 75% of the best life that you can ever have. And then he, then he uh, undoes the, um, uh, the thing in the tub, the stopper or whatever. Yeah, the and the water gets like goes down the drain. And yeah. he goes, wee! <laughs> as he goes down. Does he spin around when he does it? He spins around, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It, and you're like, "Holy shit!" But he loves it, dude. I bet it looks fun. So, um, you're he like, "This sucked is down be... the drain." Yeah, that's how it gets around. Okay. So, um, you uh, you go to sleep. Uh, you dream of a howling void. You wake up the next day, and life is. It's weird because it's like on the dot, seventy five percent better than it was the previous day you don't know how you know that but like you figure it out mathematically in your head it's like you can see this the 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 symbols in your head but you don't know how to explain them you know what i mean okay things are going great the band uh becomes huge whoa like bigger beyond like bigger than you possibly thought it could get um you start touring stadiums telling jokes and stuff uh, you bring Danny Goodwin on the road with you. He fucking murders every single show. Oh, and you wow. go up there and, and you go, huh, I have a Danny Goodwin making my my job up here uh, kind of tough, right? And you like, you like every time you say that at the corner of your eye, you see Danny shed a single tear. <laughs> yeah. He's so touched. <laughs> yeah. So uh, about a, a year uh, a year later, uh, the newscasters are like, uh, horrible news today as uh the uh, polar uh, ice caps are melting. 
they're about uh, 75% less than uh, what they were yesterday, about a year ago. Are you fucking kidding me? And then suddenly you hear her go, what? Oh, okay. Uh, this just in, uh, the uh, water levels are rising uh, drastically because then like the water fills up a uh, studio. Uh, studio. Yeah. Uh, so it, t- it turned out that the Red Lobster Mobsters were trying to stop Poseidon from uh, destroying the... Um, the the uh <laughs> the uh the caps Are and you so uh, me? you didn't stand up to him at all and um he actually took like the energy that he used to make your life better and it actually caused them to like melt a lot quicker than it happened um so uh the water levels goes up uh, every uh living being uh on every like surface dweller uh, drowns most of and dies uh, so many species go extinct uh, the birds are alive but only a few. So on those quiet mornings when uh, the dolphins come to the surface, yeah, all they hear is the eerie sound of the birds. So you caused the death of uh, billions. You well, ended so many species. Okay. Maybe you some characters you didn't, other than the red lobster mobsters. You didn't even ask them what they wanted. They just said like they were lobster people, Pat. You didn't even ask them what the conflict was. They were gonna stop it. Well, I'm always gonna choose the side of no action. <laughs> always. <laughs> but yeah, you're fucking you're dead. Fuck you.